Let's catch up with everything else going on in sport today. Masters, NBA, Israel, Falau, all sorts of things. <laughs> oh man, it's been uh, quite a week after all the cricket. Anyway, let's get into it. It's Thursday, the 5th of April. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The Splash with your host, Phil Pryor. And I've got a couple of big hitters uh, down in the podcast bunker today to uh, round up a lot of other stuff that's going on in the world of sport at the well- and at, uh, at the moment, I should say, because it's been overwhelming, uh, basically everything going on. And then you throw in uh, a bit of a ball tampering saga in South Africa. To my left, uh, basketball and also, other sports reporter for Fox Sports, Olga Norwich. How are you? I'm well, Phil. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Uh, and digital video producing manager uh, for the Fox Sports website, <laughs> Laurie Harash. How are we? Not too bad. Um, I'm feeling Coke Zero fueled and ready for um, some early mornings as we take the trip up Magnolia Lane. I was here to talk about cricket. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't sure we did anything else. <laughs> Your take quickly <laughs> on the cricket. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it as a sport. If that's what you're asking me. No, they he he they made a mistake. Leave yeah, them. Play on. Yeah, <laughs> fair. There Look, there have been there are sports people who have been accused and who have been charged with much worse things, and we haven't treated them the same as a country. Um, so I, I feel like we we should just settle down a little bit. At this point, we would I would normally do headlines, but a lot of this show really is just going to be headlines uh, ticking along. Um, so that that was a perfect transition into another athlete who did something controversial in the last 24 hours. Uh, Israel Folau tweeted that uh, gays should go to hell. Do you have any thoughts on this one, Olgan? So I'll say, I, I read our story. So it wasn't a tweet. It was a, an Instagram comment. Right. So it was just a Facebook right. post about um, just some generic kind of godly religious post. Um, and someone tagged Izzy Folau and said... <laughs> And again, correct me if I'm wrong, the person said, where are gay people going or what happens to gay people on this road? If you go and see the photo, you'll see what that means. And Izzy Flower said something along the lines of hell, unless they repent um, for their sins. Um, yeah, that's just a, a, I'd just say an ignorant thing to say. Um, I'm, I like to consider myself a tolerant person and I, he, Izzy Flower has every right to believe what he believes. Uh, and we have every right to ridicule how silly those beliefs are. Yeah, and I'll open up a sort of a broader discussion, which I suppose you can associate to what's happened to these cricketers as well uh, recently is um, the the reaction that sponsors should have in these situations because Qantas has sort of uh, come out distancing themselves from uh, from Israel Folau despite being the uh, the Wallabies sponsor. Laurie, uh, do you have any thoughts on? On how how on how we should judge uh, sponsors and sponsor, sponsorship deals in situations when these kind of things happen. Well, this is just the reality of sponsorship in regards to athletes and prominent figures in this day and age. There's so many avenues for them to express themselves and their views and their beliefs, no matter how you know archaic you may believe they are, incorrect or amoral or whatever you know stance you take on it. So that's just the reality that that sponsors have to deal with and and. 
when you're associated with an athlete and that athlete says things, you by association are, are aligned, not aligned, but you're associated with those views. And for a company like Qantas, that obviously gives them, you know, a whole lot of pause. My thoughts on the comments and the perspective of Israel Fallout, certainly not a line of thinking that I aspire to or uh, find my own personal beliefs in line with. He has, like Olgan said, every right to believe what he wants. Uh, but in a, in a, a day and age where we've seen, you know, just how divisive intolerance and, uh, and, and an, uh, an approach where you're afraid of, of, of difference, uh, how divisive that can be, for me, there's, uh, there's no place for it. We're more plugged in these days, right? Like, first of all, sponsors can sometimes use this to their PR advantage, I suppose, by either getting on board or distancing themselves from athletes. But then also, uh, they're sort of held to... Uh, more accountability in terms of um, an, an arrangement there when an, an, an athlete or a, a team does something wrong. Well, yeah. So, so companies. So this is kind of framed in the broader context of Australia being generally a progressive country when it comes to social issues, and just being um, you know leaning towards trying to be as kind as possible. And so the idea of being intolerant against you know the LGBTQ community is completely is, is basically is against what you know most Australians believe and just the core values that you know Australians hold um, and so you know for some someone like Qantas um, this this is a weird situation because Qantas I assume sponsors the wallabies is a sponsor of the wallabies and yes. the wallabies can't and I don't think they should police what one of its players says um, and so I, I don't think that Qantas I don't think the wallabies should be punished for you know the beliefs of one of its players um, you know, if it comes down to a business decision where you know people aren't flying Qantas anymore, and you know you can demonstrate that, and Qantas sees that this is a bad business decision, then just as Easy Falau has every right to say what he thinks, Qantas has every right in a you know a free market to get out of that sponsorship. They have every right to do that. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to what's happening in the United States right now with Laura Ingram, who said some things about one of the survivors of the the Parkland shooting. Um, you know, it, there were derogatory things. They weren't nice, and sponsors are pulling from her show. And again, she has every right to say what she says. Those sponsors have every right to pull out of it. Um, in this case, there's an odd situation where Izzy Falau is a member of a team that's sponsored by Qantas. Personally, I think Qantas shouldn't do it. It's They should just stay as they are. They have their own stance. I think Qantas has really adamantly come out for same-sex marriage. Mm. If they disagree with Izzy Falau, they can make that known and leave it be, I think. Just let everyone's opinions be out there and, and you know you can pick a side. Good, honest discussion. I like it. All right, boys, let's move on. Uh, just quickly, in NRL, uh, Kevy Walters has revealed why he's walked out on the Broncos' assistant coaching role. Uh, those details on the Fox Sports website. Uh, Raiders take on dogs in tonight's uh, NRL action, by the way. And I suppose one of the other big stories of the day is that Sally Pearson has announced she's withdrawing from the hurdles at the Commonwealth Games, uh, which is opening at the moment. Uh, boys, do either of you have a, a, a good idea of what uh, an Achilles issue injury is and whether or not, um, you know, she, in fact, would have re-aggravated it last week or has this been a, a longer lingering uh, issue? Oggs, you want to kick this one <laughs> off on the Achilles breakdown? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's this is an, another odd situation where, you know, I've spoken to some people around the situation and I'm not firm on any reporting as of yet but it's the kind of thing where surely as a professional athlete who has 
you know, a world of resources around her, she would have known earlier than, you know, today that she wouldn't be able to compete in this tournament. It it just seems unlikely that she would have found out today. Um, and then, you know, basked in the glory of being a part of, you know, the lead up to a games and opening ceremony and then just dropping out. I, I It sounds, you know, implausible, but, you know, we take her at her word, I guess, and, mm. um, you know, hope she gets better. I think she's got a side set on Tokyo and I guess hopefully she's healthy for that. Yeah, when you're talking about Injuries, and particularly lower leg injuries for, for sports where, you know, mobility is king, and that's a lot of sports. Perhaps some will say that maybe mobility isn't king for the Masters that are kicking off tomorrow morning <laughs> on Fox Sports exclusively. Uh, all the content that uh, you could hope for, uh, go subscribe now uh, Fox Sports and on the uh, website now. Fox Sports. Um, go Fox Sports. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it's trust as well, like how much you trust your body. You know, we can be pretty critical of athletes and oh it's just a groin strain or oh, it's just a tweaked hammy but you know i know for myself at my tender age of 29 i get the slightest little twinge in a quad and you know i'm out for four months of soccer so uh, or football i should say so it, with something like the achilles i know trust in planting and driving is is obviously something that's at the forefront of getting over an injury like that so how much that's at play and how much that that's kind of varied is is pretty huge mm, okay. and, I, and I, I don't know how old sally pearson is i know she's not you know, new she's to, no spring chicken for sure. She's not new to the racing scene, and so for her, who presumably she wants to have a one last crack at an Olympics, you know, probably Tokyo, risking a potential um, Achilles tear or anything like that, or, or worsening an injury like that, it's such a, an important tissue. It's mm. it's really not worth it for you know the Commonwealth Games as much as we like to big up our Commonwealth. Uh, it's yeah, it's no Olympics. Yeah, for sure. She's thirty-one, by the way. So uh, definitely. Yeah, you, you assume she's on. The, she's on the back end of her her career, and she wants to preserve her body as as much as she can. Yeah. Okay. So clearly, the Commonwealth Games is one of the big sporting events uh, kicking off at the moment. As is the Masters at yes. Augusta. Uh, this is Laurie's haven. He loves. He loves. He loves golf's biggest event on the calendar. Uh, it it kicked off today with the. The pre-tournament uh, par three extravaganza, uh, and in one particular moment, uh, Laurie, an American golfer, Tony Finau, or is that how? Did I get that right? I think you gave it a real crack. You know, <laughs> uh, hits a hole in one and then dislocates his ankle. I mean, uh, Ogs, you know, you spend a lot of your time watching the hard court and, and, and in the world of basketball, and we've seen some nasty injuries. Obviously, Haywards comes to mind when you're talking about gruesome stuff, but this was this was sickening to watch. His family's there. I believe the kids are there. The yeah. missus are there. He, he, you know, lands a hole-in-one. Phenomenal really uh, scenes cool as he celebrate. It was great. Great hole-in-one. It was like a high-octane. It hit, it yeah, hit the, it was moving. There was some serious pace with it. 100%. And then... This leap and his ankle, not only does he dislocate it, but it looks like he pops it back in. Mm. It To me, it was a very high-profile and extreme case of how he reacted. An, excre- uh, an extreme case of, uh, you know when you slip over and fall at somewhere public like a bus stop or a train station? And then you just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you get up and, yeah, no, no, I'm okay, it's all cool. Yeah. Um, it looked like and an awful version of that because he's trying to, you know, he's shaking it off, he's popping it back in, he's hobbling around. Yeah, yeah it's all good. But, oh, my God, that was not the type of drama I was expecting as uh, as we get ready for, for the Masters. No, he had some adrenaline as well. He hit mm. the hole-in-one. It was, you know, a, a pretty cool hole-in-one as well. He was running and he was, he was running to the green. So he, he was really excited. 
And it was just, I, I don't know how he walked it off at the end. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he finished his round as well. So, you know, much respect. Yeah, that, yeah respect. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen NFL Sat players up. do their, their knees uh, celebrating. It's, it's on the same par as Kobe tearing his Achilles and then shooting some free throws. I think it's definitely on the same <laughs> Oh, that's same pretty level. Oh, dear. Uh, brings me back to my childhood days of uh, uh, rugby. Oh, I remember once okay. I, I ran through, I was just at training, but I've run through and... Uh, Scored a try and the ball. I'd, I'd never really scored a try before, so I didn't know how to plant the ball down, and it got caught right under and just winded myself very badly. And then had to pretend like I was okay <laughs> as I ran back to halfway. Yeah, Augusta. <laughs> I'm excited for Augusta. Northern Beaches Junior Rugby. You can see the parallels <laughs> of stage and Phil Price's sporting career. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Loz, so the the main draw uh, kicks off. Tomorrow morning, um, give us a bit of a, a guide rundown uh, firstly. So uh, those that want to get up bright and early to watch the opening round of the Masters, what can they look forward to uh, and how do they watch it? Oh, well, look, firstly, go to Fox Sports, whether it's on your digital devices, uh, whether it's through uh, the, the glorious development of HD flat screen huge televisions uh, provided by Fox Sports or by Foxtel or on your mobile. Um, there's the home of, of all the golf you can need, all the Masters action you can need. But what we've got in store, so Tiger Woods gets underway probably not at Sparrows, but he gets underway earlier in the day, as do the likes of Sergio Garcia and J- you know Jason Day as well, Bubba Watson. So let's let's be real. That's where the eyes are going to be earlier on. Mm. Tiger Woods, what does he look like? You know, we've seen the high finishes lately. We know he's flirted with the wins. Oh, with with, with kind of a winning formula and that winning red on Sunday or Monday in in Australian time. And we've seen you know those long you know, do or die putts start to roll in um, yeah. akin to scenes back at the turn of the millennium when Tiger ruled the world. And then what I love with what they've done there is that you've got some of those big names going and let's be honest, the crowds are going to be following Tiger. And as they start to wrap up, as they get around the 18th, uh, what we're going to then get delivered to us is an absolutely loaded back end. The final four groups have names like Dustin Johnson, Spieth, Fowler, Mickelson, mm. uh, Adam Scott, You've heard of him. Uh, and, and absolutely, Chuck Justin Rose will be there. Always features highly in the first round. So the end of the first day's play is going to be this race of top-tier Masters contenders. Um, who knows, maybe chasing a, 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 a score that Tiger posts early in the day. You just know that if those guys are around the start of the course, when Tiger's, you know, if he's come out with a really nice start in round one, he's under par, his... His name is high up there on those leaderboards, those famed leaderboards at Augusta National. Mm. Uh, you just know it's going to be virtually Tiger pointing up at the leaderboard and saying, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, I'm and, up there. I'm and those, those big names in the earlier groups, uh, they'll sort of go through their 18 holes across a, a three to four hour uh, period, I suppose, uh, right in sort of coming around the final turn just as this, uh, you know, the big names in the, uh, in the back, end groups uh, uh, teeing off. So it's going to be like seven or eight hours of, of non-stop action, right? It's it's exactly what you could hope to wake up for and be greeted for on a fine Australian morning at about four or five in the morning. I think uh, four o'clock summer live coverage kicks off five, or, or perhaps from the range, uh, some of the range coverage, and then we get to the live action from about five. So nice. uh, it, it's it's absolutely chock-a-block. It's end-to-end drama. And it's, it's look, let's be honest, um, golf... From a day-to-day, week-to-week, we know there's certain 
demographics and people that are, are more into it. But when it comes to the Masters, the the drama of the event, the the beauty of the course and the settings, the history and the richness of the, the tapestry of the tournament transcends uh, whether you're an occasional hacker, uh, a weekly you know, A grader or someone who tunes in once a year, but it's a, it's a fantastic tournament. And with the names that are circling, um, you talk about Big Shark circling uh, the green jacket. What a mm. tournament we get uh, in 2018. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Uh, also in America, Olgan, let's, let's quickly touch on the NBA because uh, yeah. Aussie superstar Ben Simmons does it again. So yesterday he, um, he reached Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson's heights of... 1,600 points, 1,200 points with 600 boards, 600 assists. Um, So is he only the second rookie to achieve that or just the first since Robertson? No, the second rookie in history to record 1,200 points, rebound 600 assists in in someone's first season in the NBA. That's crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I mention this a lot, that we get numb by some of the things he does. Yeah, just yeah. because we see it so often, we see his yeah. name, his name next to Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson and LeBron James all the time, and so when we see him, you know, earn this thing, you know, the first person since Oscar, the the only person other than Oscar to to reach those totals, we forget that this is just an Australian kid from Melbourne who's just dominating the best league in the world. On this, it's about a dozen games in a row now undefeated. Is that right? Twelve, for the 12 in a row, in a row, in a row for, for the Sixers. For the Sixers and defeated the Pistons today. A whole lot of momentum as they, you know, go into you know a very interesting Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. you know, playoff picture. Is it just extra attention on the streak that's going on now? Um, you know, there's plenty of attention on Simmons as it is, but is there extra attention now that people think he's gone to another level, or do you actually think over the past month or two there's been an added level of comfort? Um, confidence. I mean, he's he's a confident guy anyway in his talents. But do you see any changes, or is it is just this kind of been not more of the same, but a, a kind of natural progression over the season? Yeah, you've seen a lot of different things. Naturally, he's become more comfortable just being around the NBA game longer. Um, you know, you can't take anything away from the additions of Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova. These are two dudes who stretch the floor. They open the floor for Ben. So naturally, his assist numbers have grown. Um, his turnovers have have dropped as well. And so having that that floor so spread means that there's more room for Ben Simmons to work. Um, the The win streak is good. There's just naturally a lot of confidence that comes with that. Having Joel Embiid out as well um, gives us a different look at Ben Simmons. It, yeah. It's a team that doesn't necessarily throw it down to the post as much. They're either throwing it down to the post to Ben or they're running. And so you're seeing a lot of ball movement, a lot of play movement with this team that you don't necessarily see when Joel Embiid is in the lineup. So I think that's, a, that's a, something different that we're seeing. Um, and then it's just, this team is just meshing overall. Markel Fultz has kind of joined the fray now. He's looking the goods. He's a, yeah. le- he's a legitimate starter in the NBA, and he's coming off the bench for Ben Simmons. Yeah, so yeah. It, this team is coming together, and so there's just a lot of confidence in Philadelphia. Um, it, it, it Fultz, the, obviously the number one uh, pick in last year's draft, is he playing any time on court with Ben Simmons? So we saw them play together for the first time last game. Um, and is Fultz doing the handling? Uh, they they share it. Yeah. Fultz does most of the handling. You mostly see Ben setting some screens and moving off the ball and you know trying to get to his spots there. But you know, we, we see them together. I think for the most part we'll see them not together. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised when Joel Embiid comes back and hopefully he comes back by the by the time the first round starts. We see Ben Simmons running his you know version of the team and then 
what usually happens is Ben Simmons heads to the bench and Joel Embiid comes on for the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. I think we see uh, Joel Embiid and Markel Fultz out there together running a lot of pick and roll action and just watching those two go to work. And that's that's a really scary kind of, you know, quote unquote second unit that the Sixers that have. That will be very nice. No uh, question. So one remaining uh, uh, milestone for Ben Simmons to hit now, score a three-pointer. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, if you want to be compared to the greats, like, you know, he's been thrown up in some of these statistical comparisons. Um, Ogs mentioned some of the names. You want to throw up another fellow sixer that he was, you know, in one of these, you know, collated statistical combinations, a guy like Thaddeus Young. I mean, you really, <laughs> you really need to be stretching from three. Um, so we're, we're, are we going to get a three-pointer from uh, from Ben this season? I don't think we, we get one in the regular so season. There's, yeah, there's, he's 0 for oh, 11. Oh, man. So in the, he's going to produce the goods in the finals. <laughs> Settle down, <Phil. laughs> no, he's, he's 0 for 11 so far. I don't think he's taken one three-pointer that's been inside 40 feet. Yeah. They've all just been... Half-court heaves, heaves, oh, yeah. heaves. Right, right, so, right. Okay. Yeah, uh, he had a chance to, to heave one today. He didn't take it. So I, I feel like he's, he's beginning to preserve that, that field goal percentage, which I'm very disappointed in. Yeah. That was something that we, we had a lot of respect in Ben for. Surely, like, you know, just on the eve of the playoffs, there's going to be a couple of irrelevant games where, like, that can be just goal number one. Well, like, no, see, that's, that's the problem, though. There aren't irrelevant games because the East is so tight. Mm. The, the Sixers face the Cavs on Saturday. You know, we, we're going to have rolling coverage, you know, the night before and throughout that day. Um, and that's basically fighting for that third seed. That third seed could be the difference between you know going, getting out of the Eastern Conference and, and not getting out of it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, if, if the Sixers can beat the Cavs, LeBron James and the Cavs on Saturday, they could lock up that third seed ahead of the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be in a really, really good spot heading into the playoffs. Very interesting, uh, Laurie. The so Liverpool they beat City three 0 this morning in the mm-hmm. first leg of their uh, European Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, yesterday, of course, we saw arguably one of the best goals of all time. I think the Reds win this morning is one of the most popular, has been one of the most popular stories on the website today. How did that Cristiano Ronaldo bicycle kick rank as a video uh, yesterday? Hmm. The the people tell us, you know, what they're enjoying, and it was a resounding call for for Ronaldo's, you know, remarkable effort. Just, I think it's one of those moments. You know, we we try to cover every sport we possibly can under the sun and, and, and give fans, you know, the best look at, at the moments that matters uh, or the moments that matter across the globe. But that was one that when you watched it, when you watched it live, and if you're lucky enough to watch it live, it was, you could feel you were watching a Cantona-esque moment. You were watching mm. um, a De Canio-esque moment. You would, a Cahill uh, moment. Wrap it up. Yeah, it was one that really made everyone just, you know, you drop your jaw. And t- to that point, something that made it m- the goal even greater was the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo, who, let's be honest, no shortage of self-confidence. No. No? No shortage of celebratory, celebratory, you know, antics and stuff like that, particularly the solo one where he, you know, leaps up into the air and, and does a 180-degree turn. But even he was humbled by the reaction that the away fans gave him uh, at a, a stage like the Champions League, the heights of, of something like that for him to, to, you know, ostensibly what looked like be sincerely humbled uh, and, and thank the crowd for their response. Um, and then you have the likes of Zizou as well, looking on, being like, "Yeah, I, I can't touch this." Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's one to savor. Yeah, I think uh, I think just the, the whole moment is what captured it. It wasn't just the the content of the goal itself. It was just it, it was the fact that it was the Champions League. It was Cristiano Ronaldo. You had Zinedine Zidane on the sideline. It's you know everything kind of built to to make the perfect story. 
And I think that's what made such a good moment, not just the goal itself. And interestingly, happens at Turin as well. Juventus have had this extraordinary run of form uh, at that ground at the moment. And when the fans don't get a, a Juve result, they still get something that they can take to their grave, you know? Like, <laughs> how I, I, about the luck? I don't think you'll ever forget um, any of those fans in the stands will never forget the seat number that they had, you know, yeah. their keys just plonked down in or leapt up from uh, when that ball hit the back of the net. Exactly, exactly. Boys, we're just about done. Uh, perhaps one more item left on the agenda. WrestleMania. It's this uh, this coming Monday, Aussie time. Are you going to be uh, reporting at all for it? No, I'm not. Oh, we've, got, we've got Max Lawton over in Melbourne, who's yes. you know, on the on on the ground here in Australia, and then we have Nathan Ryan, who's over. I don't know if he's in New Orleans yet, but he's heading over to New Orleans to How cover about it that gig on the ground. Nathan Ryan, uh, if you're listening, I hate you. <laughs> New Orleans, New Orleans is lovely. He's going to have some po boys. He's going to have some beignets, and he's going to yeah. enjoy. What some type of po jealous. boy do you go with? Like for me, I liked I liked the shrimp one. I like that I like popcorn shrimp. Popcorn, you know, yeah. that little Cajun flavor yeah. in that shrimp as well. I'm cool with that. And did you get any of the debris? You know, that like juicy, like, it's like where they slow cook the beef yeah. and then all the sauce and the extra tender bits of beef fall off and then they throw that on your sandwich as well. No, I didn't. It is. I missed out. I was it in- is heavenly. This is, if you, Nate, if you're listening, go to Mother's in New Orleans. They got the <laughs> debris going on and it is de freaking licious. I just want to go and soak up some jazz. Some little to, little go, Frenchman Street yeah, action. Some, some live music. Get away from action. Bourbon Street. Get to Frenchman Street. Some good bars. Some good music there. And some good eating around Magazine Street. Some nice night markets. Nath, if you've got some, you know, maybe you want to pick up something special for someone special. Maybe someone mm-hmm. at work. Maybe a guy, you know, who's rocking, you know, uh, I, I could use a watch maybe. Something nice and artisanal from the, from the deep. Nathan, I sit behind you. <laughs> I sit behind you. We, we, I deserve something. Um, if, you're, if you're looking for something fancy on New Orleans, I, I once had a, you know, a crab eggs benedict. And that was—I'd never had that before, and you know that was quite lovely. It was mm. little little Cajun spices in that hollandaise sauce as well. Yeah, delicious. Wow, so, is this Ronda Rousey thing going to be the the main event? Oh, there's on some the, wrestling going on. The WrestleMania oh, yes. card to the wrestling. Oh, um, and you know how they're they're sort of building up this Olympians uh, Rousey and Kurt Angle versus. Stephanie McMahon and Triple J. Saw Stephanie McMahon. Triple J. Uh, that's the channel. Triple H, the wrestler. Triple, yeah. Triple J, <laughs> hottest 100. Stephanie uh, McMahon put uh, Ronda Rousey through a table on, on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a thing. Recently, that really? Yeah, I, oh, I saw okay. it. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I meant... Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be the top draw match that's going on there, but oh, what I will say, you know, as Ronda Rousey makes this you know kind of high-profile move from the world of MMA into into, you know, wrestling or sports entertainment is that the WWE has done a pretty damn good job elevating their women's roster. I'm not a close yeah. follower anymore. It's not 1998. I'm not waiting for Stone Cold to come through on a beer truck uh, and, you know, <laughs> unleash the, the the beer hose on the corporation. But um, that's one thing that I've noticed in, in you know, the bit of coverage that we do and, and um, the WWE content that we have is they've done a pretty good job elevating the women's game there. So, um, you know, it, it's good to see from perhaps where, um, you know, the women's roster was placed uh, in the wrestling world, you know, through the 90s and perhaps the early 2000s too. Yeah, it's, it's something that I noticed as well where yes. you know, I, I, I'm a casual observer of the WWE. I don't watch it, you know, religiously, anything like that. But I noticed that Kurt Angle and Triple H were the, effectively the sidekicks to the main event, which was Stephanie McMahon and Ronda yeah, Rousey, yeah, which yeah. I don't, I don't think you know. I watched wrestling as a kid. I, I don't think I've seen any woman 
you know, be lifted up on a pedestal like that. Yeah. You know, well, ever. Yeah. And, and so for someone like Ronda Rousey, whatever you think of her as a as a person, as an athlete, as a UFC fighter, as a WWE fighter, you can at least Run recognize you can at least recognize what she has done as far as lifting the profile of women, of female athletes. Even if you don't recognize, look, WWE athletes, they're athletes. Um, well, they as much are. as you don't see them as maybe sports people, um, they're athletes. And so she, you know, the, what she's done for female athletes, I think, is quite important. Yeah, well, no idea what they've they've scripted for her uh, in this WrestleMania what? appearance. <laughs> what? But it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think nothing sure that there's, there's going to be more interest in what she does than any other wrestler uh in this event so um yeah, she transcends yeah. wrestling yeah which is sure. which is important just like someone like john cena transcended wrestling and you know entered the actual entertainment sphere ronda rousey is quite similar she transcends wrestling and she enters entertainment and the actual sporting sphere a lot so a lot. We're, all eyes are on her and i'll be watching exactly it's, there's too much to keep an eye on of course shout out to uh mick fanning as well who uh Ended his, uh, I think, 19-year uh, career on the uh, the World Surfing League tour today at Bells Beach, finishing runner-up uh, down there to young Brazilian goofy footer Italo Ferreira, who is going to be an absolute uh, cracker on the tour for the next uh, decade or so. Uh, what a fantastic career. Fell one uh, heat short, unfortunately. Uh, couldn't get over the line in the final at Bells Beach, but an extraordinary career. Cheers, Mick. Uh, and cheers, boys, for your help uh, dissecting everything else going on in the world of sport on the, today's edition of The Splash. Thanks for having us, Phil. Cheers. Awesome. That'll do us, boys. That's a wrap. That's all. That's it. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs>